Welcome to Bible Fellowship Church's Sunday Morning Messages. Our podcast records a Sunday morning sermon from our pastor, Dr. Don Trust, other church leaders, and special guests. We hope you enjoy it, find it inspirational and enlightening to your understanding of the Bible. Life can be hard, but God has revealed Himself to us through the Word for our salvation and growth as believers. To help support our ministry, please consider becoming a subscriber and financial contributor. Links to donate are on our website at bfcforyou.org. Looking out because uh, we were singing about, I couldn't see from up here, but I'm up here now, I can look out about the sweet, sweet expressions, you know, that we see on people's faces. And so, uh, yeah, I think so. I think we got that going. But uh, I'm beginning this morning in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, a few verses here, and is speaking to God's chosen ones, put on then as God's chosen ones. That's uh, an expression that means those who belong to the Lord, His people. Primarily, that would be those who um, have a, a church home, because it's in the plural, put on then as God's chosen ones, those who have who consider themselves part of the family of God. And then it says, holy and beloved. And I think the holy and beloved is referring to God's chosen ones. Put on then as God's chosen ones, those who are holy and beloved. Holy would be those who are, that God has his, his hand on, you know. He thinks that uh, he has a, there, there's a certain course of life that he would like for you to follow. That's holy has that connotation, means to be set apart for God's purposes, to, to realize God's role for your life. You know, we're not here by accident. Life isn't um, arbitrary. Um, from God's perspective, it has rhyme and reason. And the rhyme and reason to life is uh, captured in this word that we call holy. Sometimes we think holy means to be, whoa, you know, I am holy, that type of thing. But holy just means um, for those who are desirous to fulfill God's purposes for their life, His design for their lives individually and corporately as a, as a family. So put on then, and that's the language of like putting on a on a coat, you know, or your happy shirt. Inga wants to throw my happy shirt away. It's my happy go outside and work shirt especially when the weather's cool. I love that shirt, as ragged as it is. She used to want a goodwill it, but she says it's beyond that now. <laughs> but the word put on then means to dress up in, um, you know, appear then in public, you know, or in the presence of one another. Put on then, let this be your appearance, uh, compassionate hearts. That's first on the list, compassionate hearts, hearts that are, understanding of someone's uh, problem or frailty. Uh, it's uh, it, The opposite of a compassionate heart would be a judgmental spirit, one who's always critiquing, you know, the behavior or the appearance of others. Um, uh, there's a, a the, the opposite or the um, contrary to a compassionate heart would be one who is has a competitive posture, when it comes to those that are part of their circle of influence, their companions, I am better because you are worse. Anyway. So 
So cast those clothings off. You know, let Inga put that shirt where it belongs. It may, you may think it makes you happy, but it's making other people unhappy. You know, every day that I find happiness from my happy shirt brings, brings a sense of gloom upon the life of my wife, right? And so why compassionate means have the concern, have the, um, you know, the welfare of someone, of someone other than yourself. So put on compassionate hearts. And a compassionate heart doesn't necessarily mean feel warm fuzzies towards somebody who, I love you, compassionate. Oh, I just care for you. It may be emotion, but for most of us who are on the male side, you know, uh, compassionate just means, it's almost like, it, it means uh, be decisive or focused, uh, determine that in your dealings with people that you are going to set yourself in the shadows and draw them out into the glory light of the Lord. So compassionate hearts, um, I think compassionate hearts then, you can almost have a colon there. In other words, the things that follow are actually exemplify, they further characterize what a compassionate heart is about. Compassionate hearts, kindness. Anybody argue with that? If God commanded you, be you full of kindness in your dealings with people. Okay. Anyway, humility. Uh, There was uh, an incredible um, Upper Room podcast that I think it came out this week. It was a standalone presentation by uh, Jacob Davis on um, the problem of pride, particularly in those who are religiously affiliated. We talked a little bit about that at the men's breakfast yesterday, which was the first. The second men's breakfast is next Saturday at 8 o'clock. So if you're a man, come. Please come. Um, but, But humility. And you're wearing that. It's not saying be humble or dispense with pride necessarily, but it says let that character let that characterize, let that characterize your uh, demeanor, uh, the way that people understand you and interpret you. My wife and I, in those rare occasions where we have a disagreement, rare occasions each week that we have these disagreements, and I haven't heard this recently, but she would look at me and say, it's all about you, ain't it? Right? So obviously... I have not put on, you know, this garment of humility. And she's wrong. It's, it's not, it's not, that's not part of it. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, on the heels of humility with him would be meekness. Meekness isn't wimpiness. Uh, now someone has defined meekness as, uh, power or strength, uh, under control and focused. You don't have to be, you don't have to show yourself adequate. You don't have to uh, parade before people your, your adequacy. You don't, you don't have a need to be, uh, uh, you don't have a need to be needed or to be appreciated or to be heard. Uh, that's meekness and patience. And I think the way Paul is treating this, he's compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And then he's exempt, then he's further commenting now on this concept of patience. 
You know, what's a patient? What's patience? That's someone that's in the hospital, right? That's a patience. Oh, that's a patient, right? Uh, patience, sometimes called, uh, sometimes interpreted perseverance or steadfastness. Uh, there's, it implies a strength of character where no matter which way the wind blows, you're still moving in the same direction. And you, and you derive direction from, from who you are in your heart of hearts. You don't, which way is the wind blowing? What's everybody saying and doing? What bandwagon should I jump on so that I can be whatever? Patience, strength of character. Verse 13, bearing with one another. By the way, this implies that you're in company with those that sometimes can be difficult. And in company, and in this company, uh, Paul, the writer in verse 12, is identified as God's chosen ones. So this, the context in which this is primarily lived out is in the company of those who are the people of God. Uh, they are part of those that you associate with that God claims is his own. And I would actually say that these things are developed, these things are best exemplified in that context. That's why we should be a part of each other's lives, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, if one, if if a woman, if a, if a person has a complaint against another, and the complaint means it's justified, you know, it's not just whimsical. That person is wrong. I'm convinced. Or maybe they have, maybe they have said something to me in a way that they said it. But if you have a complaint against one another, uh, it says forgiving each other. You know, I have been hurt, or I have been offended. I have been outraged by the conduct or by the, or by the way that someone has treated me. I have a legitimate complaint. Well, what's our response? Forgiving each other. Now, that doesn't mean you don't feel the pain. It doesn't mean that you uh, necessarily don't, that you forget it or that occasionally you have to revisit this and forgive. But forgiving each other means to let it go. Let it go. I mean, those, uh, you know, bitterness can be shackles. And certainly we've been wrong, sometimes brutally so, emotionally so, by someone that we thought would have treated us better. But put on then, wear this as, as your, how you are to be known by other people, your parents, uh, forgiving each other. And then it says, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Reminded of the verse in Psalms 106, I think it is, it may not be there, where it says that God removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. I'm reminded that, that, you know, God can do anything, right? Actually, he set some limitations upon himself. There, there's one thing that I know that God cannot do or will not do. It's probably better to say it that way. He could if he would, but he's chosen not to. That's to remember our sins, right? That's cool. That's how God forgives. I'll never forgive that person. They've, they've harmed me. They've hurt me. They've done, they see even to this day, they continue to humiliate me and on and on and on. Well, ultimately, you don't get even. Ultimately, you only bring, you only bring pain and grief upon yourself. You rob yourself of life's vitality because you squander it and waste it. In, in that. Good test is if you, 
I don't know if you have anybody that like that in your life or not. Inga does. It's me. But other than that, okay? And whenever, whenever you get into, in, in company of this person, you know it's going to end up ugly. <laughs> you know, they're going to say something. You're going to say something. You know, it's just going to be tit for tat type of thing, right? Well, you know, uh, the, the, the supernatural strength of the Lord. We sang about his spirit today and the need that we have for his help and his strengthening is when we can, we can let that, we can let that obscenity, that emotional obscenity, uh, we can let it go. No, we're still, we're still hurt. We have all that, but we're not going to let it govern our lives to drive us to something. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must, you must also, how do you know the Lord's forgiven you? I'm thinking that there's probably some folks here that are worried about that. How many think that they've ever done something really inappropriate in their life? Okay. A lot of hands popping up out there. Oh, I'm getting, we're feeling good out here today. Okay. And, uh, uh, and, and you know, you, you've, you've done something that's inappropriate. And you ever felt like, I don't even know, how can God forgive me for that? I mean, I, I've messed up. I can't, I'm having trouble even forgiving myself. Well, the scripture says, as God has forgiven us, his forgiveness is based not in who you are, not even what you've done or what you've done about what you've done, but his forgiveness is based in the fact, is based in the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and taking himself to the cross and upon the cross, becoming the substitutionary sacrifice for your sins. God says, at the cross, uh, forgiveness was paid for, forgiveness was purchased. And so if God's able to forgive you, of course, you may not, you may think you're kind of like beyond needing forgiveness. But anyway, and then verse 14, and above all these put on love, is love different than a compassionate heart? Seems to be, doesn't it? So as he says, put on, then he makes this list. And he says, above all these that he's just referred to, put on love, which binds everything together in, in perfect harmony. In verse 15, you're continuing on now. If, if we are pursuing those goals that are, that, are, that are listed as putting on those things, if we're pursuing those goals in the context of one another, Christianity is present. Okay? And therefore, and it says, and... Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Monitor. There's a sense in which we can walk through life daily, moment by moment, with this sense of assurance and confidence that we are where we need to be doing what God wants us to do, at least in a general sense. Uh, anybody deal with anxieties, worries, right? Okay. That would be the absence of peace. And peace doesn't come from circumstances, because Christ said, he says, I'm going to leave with you, I'm going to give you my peace. Not the kind of peace that the world contemplates, but this is a peace that transcends all of that. I mean, that, to me, that would be, that would be an incredible treasure. You know, I've, I've, I've read and I've heard and I've spoken with people, and they said, if I could just, if I could just get rest, if I could just get peace, if I could just get this sense of tranquility, I mean, it's my heart, my life just seems to be so chaotic and, 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 and at unrest. And people look all kinds of places for it, in a bottle, you know, in certain activities, 
some of those activities are good, but they're just trying to find some way to escape from time to get some relief. And the Scripture says that we have a resource available to us called the peace of Christ. I'm glad that the preceding verses it said talked about forgive you know others as he's forgiven us. You see, that's the starting place, realizing his forgiveness. In verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another. Ah, again, what's the context here? It's our, it's each other, right? Church family, it, it's the people of God. And so if verse 15 is true, as the preceding verses, or at least there's progress being made there, you've actually, at least you've agreed You've agreed in your life, in your heart, yes, that's the way. That's the Lord's uh, provision for me. I want, I want to put on these things. I want my life to be characterized by these things. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, back to 15, to which indeed you were called in one body, okay, one team, and be thankful. I, just, I said that the way we often read it, and be thankful, okay? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wise stuff, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. There's a repeat there, right? One of the things that should characterize our lives, especially on a Sunday morning, as we're sitting out there and Deanne is singing, we have the words up here. Some of us sing along, some of us choose not to sing along. Sometimes I sing, sometimes I not. Emily was sitting kind of behind me, so I'm not singing out loud, okay? Because I want to have a compassionate heart, you see? don't want to inflict any unnecessary pain upon her life, especially as she's just gotten off the, 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 the plane and had all the travel weariness involved in that. But, um, but one of the things that could char- characterize that time is this, uh, fullness of heart, this thankfulness and gratitude to the Lord. If it's passionless, if it's empty, okay, then I'm thinking that maybe our minds and hearts and where we are in life may not be what it could be. That's one of those little indicators that things are doing well. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is check my, check my pulse. And if it's, if it's, if I can feel one, life's good. Okay. I made it. Made it through another night. Well, this, this thankfulness in our hearts is one of those things. It's like, ah, okay, I'm there. I'm alive. And verse 17, and whatever you do, most everything you do, right? Not everything you do. Just those things on Sunday, right? Is that what it means? And whatever you do, the whole spectrum, from the time you, your feet hit the floor in the morning, to the time your feet hit the, hit, you know, or raise up in the evenings and go to the bed. You know, when you're involved in living life out there, whatever you do, in word, the things that you say, and indeed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, there's that word, thanks again, it's repeated for the third time. Like I said, yep, I'm still alive. If thankfulness is present, then you're alive, okay? You're moving in the right direction. That's, that's not something you generate, said, okay, what am I supposed to do today? Where's my to-do list? Oh, 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 thankfulness is on there. Okay, let me get there. Okay, let me get there. Okay, I'm thankful. No, it's just kind of a subconscious thing, isn't it? Your heart and mind naturally gravitate toward gratitude. And I'm amazed, uh, as Bob had mentioned, his visit out to uh, see Lloyd and Christine. 
Those people have a, they're in dire straits, but you wouldn't necessarily know it. I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but um, in the visit, uh, I went out for a visit as well last week, and it was, um, and the family was there. There were some of the other grandchildren and such. As I was walking out, um, the son-in-law said to him, he said, you know, you were mentioning in there how sweet their relationship is with one another and how, how you have observed that for 25 years, okay? It's authentic. It's genuine. And now in the decline, in the, in the dis- distressing times and years of the life, okay? Uh, and he, when he walked out to me, you know, he said, Pastor Don, when you were saying that, let me tell you. When Lloyd was in the hospital and Christine was at the house, and when Christine was in the hospital and Lloyd was at the house, this has been going on for weeks and months, he said, when they would talk on the phone, he said it was like two teenagers. He said, they just talked about everything and they talked about nothing. And I thought to myself, and they don't even, they don't even know that it, that, that that's, that's the way, it, that's the way it is. They just, that's just the way it is. With us as Christians, with us as trying to live life at, at the, at the best level, uh, one of the things that we can note is the thankfulness. I do that. When I'm visiting with people, I want to know, I wonder how they're doing spiritually. Let me hear how they're griping, you know, about this and that and the other, complaining. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, there's really another way to look at this. You know, actually, if you looked at it through another lens, through God's lens, you might see some really wonderful things there. And your heart might actually be overwhelmed, you know, with, with, with joy. So whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father uh, through him. And I'm done. We're not moving into Isaiah today. We're going to stay, we're going to stay here. I would encourage, if I was in the capacity to do so, I would insist upon that Ephah's us revisit these scripture verses this week. And just confess before the Lord two things. Number one is I'm not real sure I understand all the implications of what this might mean upon my life. Confess that. Secondly is, Lord, I'm probably, and I'm, I'm probably not doing very well in some of these areas. But Lord, don't let, don't let those things harden my heart. Make me bow up in my spirit in either resentment or rebellion against the wooings of the Spirit of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the reality that it represents. And we would ask today, Lord, we would plead with you today, Lord, that you would help us, help me, help each one of us that's present in this room today uh, to, to begin to move in a, in a, in a better direction, uh, to uh, to count you as worthy of our respect, worthy of our affection, uh, worthy um, that your words are worthy of our consideration and of our taking action on. We know, Lord, that there are those within this setting right now and those who may be listening by the recording uh, later uh, that are struggling, that are dealing with adversity, uh, that there are situations and maybe even relationships that they've encountered or has become evident in their own lives that are just beyond, this seems beyond, um, beyond the love of God. 
I pray, Lord, I pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God would open up the heart and mind and eyes of each one of us so that we might behold the glory of God in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray this thing in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Sunday message. We hope your understanding increased and maybe discovered one or two things you can use to improve your relationship to God and to fellow believers. If you aren't a member of a local church, we invite you to come check out Bible Fellowship Church.